Hey guys, you're listening to the Turning Point Podcast, a podcast about life lessons and how they inspire us to shape our journey. So stick around and grab your coffee because we're about to kick off the show. This is episode two, Turning Points in Happiness. I'm excited to introduce my guest today, Taylor Proctor. We talked about happiness, relationship, self-awareness, and so much more. She inspires others to live a life full of happiness and positive change. Her love for personal growth has led her to create a platform to help people achieve happiness. You can learn more about her and her work by visiting happinessabound.com. Welcome, Taylor, and thank you for sharing your story in today's podcast. Yeah, thanks for having me. I'm so honored. Awesome. Great. So I kind of wanted to kick off the podcast today, just learning a little bit more about your journey and how you became interested in personal growth. Yes. One of my favorite stories about myself. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, I was not the nicest or happiest person. And I should backtrack a little bit. So my interest in personal development and growth, I think, sparked and started Back when I was younger, like an adolescent, I competed in competitive sports and a variety of them. And so the mindset was always, how can you grow from this? How can you learn from this? It wasn't win-loss. It was if we lost, it wasn't a failure. It was great. How can we do better next time? And I think that's a key component in my love for personal development. But that said... After high school, I don't know why, and I can't pinpoint it to anything specific, but I really started to kind of become an angry, mean person. And it's not my general nature to be so, but I just, I started to feel like everybody was out to get me. I started to really play into this victim mindset. And I really, I really started to feel entitled in a lot of ways. And So if stuff didn't go my way, I'd be mad and it was everybody else's fault but mine. And it was really just, I was not a very nice person. And I wasn't happy and I was angry all the time. And my husband, who had known me, we had dated in high school, had broken up and um, we actually married other people, got divorced and then reconnected and now we're remarried. But he, he knew me when I was younger and happy and really before life kind of hit me, I guess you could say, right? Mm-hmm. Life can hit, yep. can hit you or not in high school. But for me, I, I scraped by. And so then life kind of hit me and I, I let it hit me. And he was, he would say a couple, couple of times like, Hey, you know, where, where did you go? Cause you're just not as happy and as light as you used to be. Like you're angry all the time. And props to him for being honest. Like, <laughs> and he, I mean, he didn't say it quite that blunt, but it was that blunt. You know what I mean? And yep. I would just be like, I don't know. I don't know what's wrong. And it's, you know, I, so don't, why don't you just love me for me? And again, victim mentality and pushing it back on him. Like it was his fault and it just was not good. And I started to feel like on top of that, I started to feel like I was broken. Like happiness should be inherent and natural. And it just didn't come naturally to me anymore. And because it had when I was younger, I I started to feel like I was broken and I was incomplete and there was something wrong with me. And I started to do this thing where 
I would search online and I would just type in happiness. And I would hope that there would be an article or something would come up that could could possibly help me. And when you're in the victim mentality and the anger mentality, it's like, oh yeah, that's a great article. Come come to me now, <laughs> right? Exactly. And I wouldn't I wasn't doing the work. And so after a series of things and my husband saying once again, like, hey, you know, where did you go? I realized that enough was enough. And if I wanted to be happy, obviously, after all these years, like, I'm going to have to work on it. And my dad has this phrase, and he never said it to me until afterward. But he was like, if the whole world is out to get you, there's only one common denominator. And that was me. And so I knew that I needed to do, I needed to take action. I know I need to go beyond just looking for happiness and external things and looking at articles and things like that and hoping that just somehow I would, I love this phrase, automagically happen. And yeah, so I started doing some work on myself. I started to really take action and, and pivot in some areas and things started clicking things started working for me and it was a really long long and slow journey but things started changing and I started getting out of that victim mentality and I started being less less angry as a constant emotion in my life and more happy and through that I realized that I wanted to help other people who may have been in the space where I was that just searched for happiness and was hoping to find something that could tangibly like offer actionable steps and insights. And so from that, I decided that why not share this journey as I go? And I am by no means perfect, but I wanted to share where I had been and wanted to share what I was struggling with and what I was doing now. So I created the podcast, which is Happiness Abound. And I do that every day and we are going on a year and a half. And that combined with all of my work over the last few years has really, really transformed my happiness and my journey and made it, made it very clear to me that my purpose is to share this story. And while I don't have anything that's large to overcome in the sense of things happened to me that there was, there was not anything like that. It was just, I had everything and I still was unhappy. And it's because I didn't have the actionable items and I wasn't taking the action in my life to do it. And so I really try to help other people take action in their lives to be happier. As I was listening to your story, something kept kind of like um, a question was in my mind. Um, can you, Do you remember, I guess, in a certain point when you were like in high school where something shifted? Do you think that um, I guess something happened or that that maybe caused this? Or do you think that you were just like some people say kind of rolling with the punches and just, you know, going through your day to day and eventually you kind of realized I'm not really happy, right? I'm just doing what I'm supposed to be doing, going to school, doing my sports, doing my studies, hanging out with friends. Or do you think there was a point where something really happened that kind of changed that? Well, it definitely didn't happen in high school. It was the two years following. Uh, I think think my my first marriage and divorce probably had something to do with that but really it wasn't it wasn't a look at at first at least it wasn't a look at am i happy or not it was just going into anger all the time like 
stupid little stuff would just set me off. And my husband had this, my current husband had this joke for a long time that heaven forbid I be minor inconvenienced, like minorly inconvenienced because I would lose it. And I was just angry and angry and angry and angry. And every time I tried to not be angry, I would feel weak and vulnerable. And I didn't like that. And that's when I would be like, okay, like why, what is wrong with me? I feel broken. And shouldn't I just naturally be happy? And then that's when I started to ask like, wait, shouldn't I be naturally happy? And then I really felt broken. And then that's when I started to do the searches on things, but I, I can't pinpoint it to anything like one precise, like ding, ding, ding. That's it moment. It's way more. I think life just happened and I let it happen. And I, I didn't, I didn't take control of my emotions. I didn't take control of my attitude and my thoughts. I just let those run wild and create those habits and patterns of anger first and everything else second and third. And I completely understand that feeling. I think something that I myself don't do, and I see a lot of people that don't do it as well, is we don't understand that happiness is consistent. We have to be consistent, whether it is that you love to meditate or run or do a sport. We have to be consistent in things that we enjoy and things that take that anger away. And when we're not, we're not creating that habit. And I think happiness at the end of the day is a habit. I totally agree. I think that consistency is the cornerstone to everything. And it's consistency in the long game right? It's not, I did this for a week and a half and I didn't see the results I wanted. So I'm broken and I'm just going to stop. And I did that too, right? There was, oh, I need to meditate. And I, I would try it and I would try it for like two weeks and be like this. I don't feel like this is working. I'm even more broken now. Like what is wrong with me? And I would just go into these negative spirals because I didn't give it the consistency it needed in the long game. Meaning I've got to give this three months, and then evaluate or evaluate along the way, but give this three months and then evaluate if it's making a difference in my life. And consistency is, is huge. That's one of, like I said, one of, I think the foundational cornerstones of happiness and really of anything, right? There's the phrase, how you, how you do things every day is how you live your life. Yep. And it is one day at a time, but you've got to do it consistently. And I know this is so cliche, but I also liken it to, eating healthy or wanting to be healthier in your life. Everybody's tried like, Oh, I'm going to eat this diet. And then mm, around day three, around day seven, you lose it. You lose it. You totally lose it. And the thing is, is you're like, okay, well, I, you know, I'm going to try again. And then you keep on losing it because you haven't been able to get over that consistency hump, if you will, to, really give it what it needs to see the change and the people who do see change for the rest of us it feels like it was overnight but in reality they've been working for three to six months and they've been doing things little things like maybe not having that candy bar at work or whatever it is these little things every single day consistently to get them to where they want to be and I think that's in deep correlation not only with happiness but I'm a big proponent of goal setting right and it's not to be in that mindset of when I get this goal, then I'll be happy. It's to enjoy your, your process, enjoy that journey along the way and be happy as you are striving for more and going that route. Because I also found a key 
key indicator to my unhappiness and my anger was that I was very stagnant in my life. I was doing the same thing in day in, day out, and I wasn't happy and I was angry with my life and I didn't want to see those things. And so I blamed other people, but really there was, there was a definite, definite stagnation in my life. And so I really, really push to set goals and things like that too, to have that progression and do it consistently so that you can build that, that confidence in yourself and know that you're not broken and really know that you are qualified and that you are capable and all of those things that also come into play into your happiness and taking those next steps to up level your life. Exactly. I had a question, um, I guess, about your relationship with, with your husband. When you were unhappy, do you feel that that was causing issues between the two of you? Was there any point where your husband's like, I, I really need you like change because this issue with the happiness or getting kind of annoyed at every little thing that happens is really causing me to feel that way myself? Because I feel like with relationships, you living together and, and, and doing everything together, sometimes we can read each other's energies. And I'm, I'm wondering if he felt that way. He didn't outright say it that way. But we did have something. So we both had made mistakes when we had dated the first time around. And I couldn't let go of those. And so when we were dating the second time around and before we got married, he eventually said to me, in, in tandem with the, where did you go? You used to be so happy. He also said, if you can't let these things go, we can't work. Mm -hmm. And that was huge for me because that played a large part in the victim mentality of our, for me, of our relationship. And him saying that really kind of, it's, it struck a blow, really. And it was like, oh, oh, I have been holding on to this and I have brought it up and I have continued to play the victim and been angry about things that if I want this to work, I got to figure that out. I've got to work through that. He's definitely not the person he was all those years ago that I'm holding on to. So why am I holding on to this? And that made a big big, huge astronomical difference in understanding that things needed to change for our, for our relationship to continue to, or to, I guess, even start thriving in a different way. And that was a key component to my own happiness journey and being able to let go of those things and realize that it wasn't serving me. And I was just holding on to it because I didn't want to forget it because I didn't want to feel like I would ever be weak or vulnerable again kind of thing. And that's not the way to have relationships. But I think that's a great tie into our relationship with ourselves, right? I needed him to call me out on those things. But a level of self-awareness and a level of understanding what you're holding on to or what you may be unconsciously biased about, being able to bring that into your conscious, there's so many things there that we do just because we do it. Or we hold on just because we hold on to it. And so when we can start asking why and start understanding and having that awareness, we can start to make the determination if we need to change or not. And if we do need to change for our own happiness and our own progression, then we can take those and discover those steps. But that awareness is huge. And so I, well, I don't credit him for the awareness of the entire thing. <laughs> 
I do definitely credit him for the awareness of who I was in our relationship and how that needed to change if we were going to survive. Absolutely. And I, I do think he picked up, up, up on that energy. And if I can go like a step further, as I started really diving into happiness and doing all this growth and this next level of action items for my happiness and really working on myself, I had a conversation with him and I said, you know, I'm going to start doing some things that I think are really going to help me. He's like, are you okay with that? And one of them was, I'm going to wake up early and look at a vision board. And yeah, like, is that going to be okay? (laughs) Because it feels a little hippy dippy and woo woo. And, and I had learned in a different way that was a little bit more structured, a lot more organized, much more action oriented, which is totally, if you can't tell yet, that's how I am. (laughs) And so I was like, I'm going to give this a shot. And he was like, okay, great. And then I, I still had this like nagging feeling and I was like, what is going on? So I said, well, are you sure? Like this could change things. Like I'm really going to focus on my happiness. And he's like, yeah, that's fantastic. I've that's, I love that. Like go for it. And I realized, and I, as I blurted it out, I said, well, I'm worried about how it's going to make you feel. Hmm. And I hadn't realized that that was a component of this. Now this is, this is, you know, several years down the line from where did I go coming from him? This is me. Like I'm in a good space. I'm going to up my game right now. And I'm worried how it's going to make you feel because what if I, what if I outpace him? Because I am going to those next levels and I don't want to leave him behind and I don't want him to feel left behind, but I can't not do this. Exactly. You had, you had to do it for yourself at this point. Absolutely. And he'd never given me any indication that it wasn't okay, but that was in the back of my mind. And I bring this up because from a relationship standpoint, when we go to make these kind of changes in our life, that happens. We worry about that. We worry about our partner, our, our significant other, and we, we worry what they're going to think. And we hold back because of that. And there's this rubber band effect where like one of you will go up and level up and start doing this awesome stuff. And then the other one is kind of staying where they're at. They're like, yeah, we're going to let you do your thing. And as you continue to go up, that rubber band stretches. And for most of us, when it gets too tight, that it's uncomfortable, we come back down. And then what happens is our partner starts to progress up in something in their life and they go up and we kind of stay where, where we're at. It gets too tight that it's uncomfortable and they come back down or it gets so tight that that rubber band's got to yank one of you, the, preferably the one at the bottom up, right? And you've got to go up together. But so often we're worried about what our partner may feel when they're there and we're not taking them up with us that we come back down and we go through that cycle over and over and over again. So when I had finally understood that and I had said to him, I'm worried about how me going on this path is going to make you feel because I know myself. I know I can do this consistently and I know that it's going to change my life for the better. I'm going for it, but I worry how that's going to affect you. And him being the amazing husband he is goes, are you kidding me? This, this may not be the exact words, but the tone is there. <laughs> are you kidding me? 
why would I be upset about that? You are going to totally take your life to this next level. And I am so proud and honored to be there with you and to see you do that. And if I feel anything negative about that, that's on me because I'm not taking those steps in my life. And I will be behind you every step of the way. That is next level of self-awareness there when he said, it's on me if I don't, yeah. right? I, I definitely, I love that. I definitely love that, that the support that he gave you throughout, you know, this process, right? Because you started this process when? You, you started Happiness Abound about a year ago, right? You mentioned. So, so this process started. I started, started the podcast in, about a year ago. A year ago, ago. okay. Yes. And when did you actually start the, the business? Because I, I imagine that you started the business a little bit after you you kind of figured this out for yourself, right? This journey so, that you went to. I am, I will be 31 this week. And I Happy started, birthday. thank you. <laughs> I started my happiness journey around the age of 25. And so the podcast, doing it on a daily level and mentoring in one-on-one training classes is a year and a half old. So I definitely did a lot of my own work first. And this conversation with him wasn't about what can I do to help others? It was purely like, I'm up-leveling my life. Are you going to be okay with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he's he's pretty awesome. He was he was so great about it. And having that conversation was really fantastic because I look back now and I see that conversation as a turning point because it gave me permission to move forward without worrying about if I was going to lose my spouse in the process, which was fantastic because it gave me the peace of mind to be able to take that daring action and really see what I was capable of. Yeah. And I, and I agree with that. I think to a certain point, um, I've been married for almost a year now, April 20th will be a year. Um, and, uh, and again, I, I have to make a parenthesis about this. Um, a lot of people are like, Oh, you got married for 20. I'm like, I didn't really, we didn't pick that day. The venue only had that day. So we ended up <laughs> getting that day. So I love to tell people that because they're like, wow, that's committed that you actually did the, a wedding for 20. I'm like, that's the day they had. We had to do that day. It ended up working great. So we ended up doing it that day. I just had to make the parenthesis because I know people are going to be listening. They're like, wow, she's really a fan. Um, <laughs> you just need to be like super cheesy and be like, we're really high on love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted to do something like that, like the favors or something. I think it, someone had recommended this uh, company that would do the labels for like um, the almonds or chocolates or something. We could have pasted that into the plastic bag with where the candy was going to be in. But I was like... This is awesome. Um, but I definitely wanted to say, because this is going to be in the podcast, so I thought it would be funny. Um, yeah, but being together for six years, we've been married for, for one year, but um, I, I I worry sometimes um, if I'm ever, if, if we're ever, like right now we're in the same page with a lot of things, right? Uh, whether or not we want to start a family, when we wanted to buy a house. But sometimes I worry in our careers are very, are complete different industries. Um, and things that we want to accomplish are very different. We have a very different mindset, I guess. And sometimes I'm, I, I worry whether or not we're going to like outgrow each other in different things. And are we going to just be together regardless of that? Um, and I think we all worry about that to a certain point when you're in a relationship. Um, it's just we we do support each other every time we someone wants to do something or a project or wants to take on like a new activity or something whatever it is we we sh- we support each other and i think that's really key 
if you don't have a partner that really supports whatever it is that you're going to, and tells you the good and the bad, right? The negatives and the positives really have to come out. Um, there's not going to be much success there. And there's not going to be real happiness when you don't really have someone just supporting you, right? Just regardless of whatever you want to do, just, again, giving you the pros and the, and the cons and just being there for when you fall or when you need to out to go out and like celebrate. Um, it's interesting. I, love I that. totally agree. And I think if I can add one more thing to that. Sure. It has to be to an extent, right? Uh, legal, moral, ethical stuff, right? But to an extent, it has to be judgment free. Yes. And it has to be on both sides, right? Whatever they're doing, you have to love them where they are at. Because you can't, like I, I mentioned that rubber band, it's going to get tight that it's uncomfortable. But you can't go down there, you're, you know, go down and pull the rubber band and say, you're coming with me. Mm-hmm. It's they have to want to come. And the only way that can happen is if you lead and show by example and love them where they're at. Because if you start thinking, it's kind of like, I, then I hate to keep on using this because it's, but it's such a relatable reference. It's like when you're in a relationship and you start eating healthy and your spouse is like, yeah, I'm not interested in that right now. I got other things going on. I'm not interested in being healthy right now. Okay, great. But I have your support. Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Be healthy. I think that'd be fantastic. So you start going, you know, up and you're like, yeah, I really love going to the gym and I love eating healthy. Like you want to eat this meal with me and you should come to the gym with me and you should do this because you want them to feel the way you're feeling. But they're not ready for it. Exactly. And if you start judging them and making them feel like they should be ready for it or feel like they should be doing these things because you're doing these things, it's going to in turn lead to resentment and them judging you. And then you're in a relationship where you're judging each other's actions instead of loving and supporting each other for where you're at and knowing that, to use another common phrase, all ships rise with the tide, or rise, right? Yep. And so as you rise, if you can love and be judgment-free for each other, you'll rise together. And I have seen that with my husband. He's not... He's not super self-helpy. He's not super life coachy, but he'll say certain things. And I'm like, oh, you've been paying attention. <laughs> <laughs> and or he'll tell me how he has a, a coworker that did X, Y, and Z and how he recommended these other things. And I was like, wow, those are things that I taught you, you know, or that I, I know and speak about. And he's been there and learned. And, and I've never pushed him here. But he's slowly coming up because he sees, that's the other part. He sees the value of it. He sees that, wow, my wife is happy. And wow, my wife is helping other people. And I want to be a part of that with her. Even if it's not in the same capacity, like I'm going to have to start taking some of this stuff in, which is what I mean too on the judgment on the other side. He's not judging me and be like, wow, she's gotten super hippie and weird doing vision boards. What in the world (laughs) is she doing? It's okay. Yeah, she's given that a shot. I'm going to support her, whatever she's going to do. And I'm going to see how that, how that plays out, support her along the process and be judgment free and love her for where she's at and where I'm at. And let's just grow. Let's grow interdependently. Exactly. And, and for me, I don't, not, not sure if it applies to you as well, but for me, um, in my relationship, I feel like it's my safe place and my happy place 
So it doesn't matter what's going on in the world. I know that when I come home, it doesn't matter. We could be living in just a one-bedroom, tiny little apartment. Um, and I still feel like, you know, I'm at home. I'm at peace. So I don't feel judged. I, I We share everything. We Anything related to like work or family or just any feelings that you you might be feeling at that time, we share them. And I try to tell friends when they're having issues on their marriages or, or relationships, you need to do that, right? You need to be very transparent uh, to a certain point. And I do like that because it makes me feel very at home. And I think I it's that. it's part of it's part of my happiness that I that I don't need to hide anything. And I, I and I see people they're like, well, you know, I can't tell my wife this, I can't tell my husband this, and I'm like. Why? Not? Why? <laughs> and and they say, oh, well, you've been married for a year. You don't know what you're talking about. Or you've been together for like, because we started as a long distance relationship. I was in San Francisco and my wife was in Jersey. And it was, it was just long distance for a year. Then I was like, I need to move because this is it. This is true love. This is the one and only. So I need to really move. And it's, mm-hmm. and, and people thought I was crazy. They're like, you, you should move from, because I'm originally from Puerto Rico. And I moved from Puerto Rico to San Francisco to start my tech career. And I was just there for a year and I was I was killing it. I was I was in Silicon Valley. I was working in great startups and meeting great people. But then because of love, I was like, I really need to put things in a balance and I can make a career in New York and, mm-hmm. and which is a startup community that's growing, but I can't let this opportunity go. I can't not do this. I'm always gonna be think I'm always gonna be thinking, what if? And people thought I was crazy. And I'm like, if I'm telling you that you need to feel at home and that you need to be very transparent, it's because I lived it. You know, for a year, our relationship was over the phone. Mm. It was getting to know each other. It was really a friendship before anything else. And it blossomed into a beautiful relationship that now a lot of people do admire it. I do get a lot of like coworkers or or friends that tell me, you guys are just so cute together and this is so great. And And I think it was a lot of having great conversations and sometimes tough conversations and just being supportive and I I try to tell people you know I this is what I live and and it's going great and I try to share that experience with other people see if, if they feel the same way I love that I feel the same way and I've been married six years now see that's that's it's so that's I don't new. think it's a newlywed thing I think it's <laughs> somewhere down the line I I feel as though people lose trust in their spouse to trust them with their emotions and their vulnerability. And that's really, really sad and really disheartening. And I think that's the, that's the ignition point for a lot of those kind of things that people are like, Oh, I could never tell my spouse this. And it's like, well, why not? If there's one person in the world, you're supposed to tell everything to and continue to be loved and supported and work through things together it's that person and if you're talking to me about it you definitely should be talking to that person about it right exactly I, I love that and I totally 1000% agree with you and I don't think it's a first year marriage thing I think it's a communication thing yeah it's just I, I try to be transparent all the time and I'm like well if you don't like it at least I told you right and we'll figure it out from there <laughs> There we go. So um, pivoting back to happiness, right? Uh, Is there a morning routine that you consistently do 
right? A couple of tasks that you do in the morning that you consider are important in being happy and in, in just being happy with yourself? So I have kind of an interesting take on that. I, I think well, no, interesting to me at least. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I can go through my day and having not done a solid morning routine be totally fine. So I'm not one of those people that's like, oh, I didn't get my morning routine done today. And now everything feels in disarray. I'm not, I'm not like that. And so I do have a morning routine, but if I miss it or I miss elements of it, I'm like, eh, okay, that's fine. So I'll tell you what my morning routine is and then maybe share the reasons that I think that I'm not in a space where I'm beholden to that routine so heavily. Okay. I do see large amount of value in morning routine. And in fact, on the podcast this week, I did a whole morning routine theme week. So I definitely see a huge amount of value, but I waited to do it. And I say this in my show, I waited to do it until we were three months into theme weeks because I feel like the emotional awareness and all these other pieces have to come into play first. And while a routine is important, those other pieces are much more foundational and a morning routine is something to build upon that. So anyways, my morning routine is I wake up and I, we have two dogs. So if I don't wake up from my alarm, they wake me up and feed them. Better than that. <laughs> <laughs> feed them and take them outside. And then I have a special designated area and it has my vision board. And then I have a little, what I call my grab basket and in that grab basket is my routine, my daily routine card. And so that changes depending on what I need to accomplish in my morning, in my day, and my evening. And I make sure that I write down, it's essentially a to-do or a checklist, and it's for each of those segments of my day. So I have my grab basket, and then I have that card with me, and I go and I sit in my area, and then I can mix it up, but I just go off with the card. So generally, my morning routine card is that I journal and I have to do that in the morning. Side note for years, it was some weird unwritten role, rule that I had to write in my journal at night and I'd be way too tired to do it. And then I would miss it. And so I loved writing it, but I didn't do it for years because I kept on thinking that I had to do it in the evening before I went to bed. And so when I switch it to morning, then suddenly like flip switch and it's great and I love it and I can do it consistently. But so I make sure I journal. I have a meditation app on my phone and I try to do that for at least like three minutes. Nothing crazy there. I have my vision board and declarations. And then I do a technique called slaying if I can fit that one in. And then I record my podcast since it's daily and I do the social stuff for that. And I prep my food and I have all that. And then I get ready for the day and then I head out the door. So I have a large variety of things and I feel pretty solid. And if I miss one because I there's a timing thing or I have to go into work early or whatever, then I'm like, I'm okay. I can do it tomorrow. No big deal. I'll just make sure it's on my list and I'm, I'm good to go. But I do feel that because there's certain elements of that, that if I miss them for a certain amount of time, I definitely feel it. So it's not the routine in itself. It's like kind of broken it up into these components. And if I miss certain components for a week, then I can feel it. And the biggest one for me on that is the top two are journaling and what I call slaying. 
And that's because those are the two biggest emotional release techniques that I use, the most important ones to me, the ones that resonate with me the most. And so if I don't have those a week for a week solid, and I've tested it out just to see, which it's like, if it's, if it's not broke, why are we fixing it? But I really just want to test it out. Mm -hmm. And so I'll go for a week and be like, okay, let's see how we do. And I can feel the difference emotionally. Like I feel, I feel the difference then. And I feel more raw and I feel wound up, like just tight, you know, and I'm more prone to anger because that is my fallback. That is my, my original template. And without emotional release techniques, whenever they happen, whether it's morning routine or not, if I go a period without those, that is when I can feel the big difference. And so I have kind of a series of release techniques that I can use if I'm not doing those two in the morning, but I have found that those two in the morning are like the winners. And so if I can do those every day, I'm great. If I can do those every other day or every third day, I'm great. But if I go anything past that, that's when it becomes a real mess for me internally. I see. I've been struggling lately with, you know, I try to plan my my day and I think I was trying to overcommit probably plan my week but I try to plan my day and I either try to do like Muay Thai in the morning and then start doing work and maybe at night I'll have something else that I need to do but I've been struggling with if I didn't do that thing that I wrote down I feel guilty and then forget it my whole week is kind of like off because then I start feeling guilty because I didn't do that and then things start to pile up and I still and I feel uh, I start to feel overwhelmed and I can't change that mindset of feeling overwhelmed and guilty so do you want, do you, would you like to hear my thoughts on that? Yes, yes. That's, that's why I'm asking you because I definitely want your thoughts on that. The, the life coach and me, mentor, happiness mentor is like, hey, let me help. Um, so what I have found, the biggest thing there, especially for, in my own life, but in my mentoring clients as well, is that daily card. Because then it does take that mind, my, that mindset and shift it to today I need to do this. And if I can't get to it, I just make sure I put it on my card for tomorrow and it will happen tomorrow. And then you're looking at the day by day and it doesn't feel like a failure. And if I can share an example, sure. one of my clients, she was diagnosed with uh, Hashimoto's. And so she needed to go on like a, a gluten-free diet to see if that could help turn things around. And she was really struggling and she'd be like, you know, if I ate one meal, I feel like the whole day is shot and like I'm a failure. I was like, oh, try this routine card. And if you divide it up into your morning, your night and your evening and you make sure you don't have more than seven things because then it gets way too overwhelming. I recommend like three to five in each row to start. But you set up yourself to say, OK, part of my action item, my thing I need to do today is I need to eat a healthy breakfast. And then there's a healthy lunch. And then there's a healthy dinner. And what she found, which I loved, is she goes, okay, so if I missed my morning, I had two other chances to eat gluten-free. Okay. And because she had divided it up that way, and we had been looking at it on a day-to-day -day level, it wasn't, I, I didn't eat a gluten-free breakfast, so now my day is shot. It was, okay, I can't cross that off my list in the morning, but I've got lunch coming up and I can cross that one off. 
And so that's really helpful in, in her instance in not feeling like the day is shot. But I think in your instance, taking it from a week viewpoint and saying, okay, this is my goal for the week, but then breaking that down into the step goals of today I want to do this, it can take you from that mindset of it seems like it needs to be all or nothing and that guilt-free to a mindset of, oh, I have it tomorrow and I'm going to make sure I put it on my card tomorrow. And the time to do your card is the night before the next day. So as you're going to bed, have the card next to you and you write out your morning, your day, and your evening stuff that you need to accomplish the next day. You wake up, you take that with you when it's next with your phone or whatever, and you have it with you throughout the day and you can cross those items off. And it really helps that like guilt and that, that mentality of it's all or nothing. The other big benefit of this is you're crossing stuff off your list that you have said you are going to do which is huge because the more that we say we're going to do something and then we don't, the more we feel guilty and the more we feel like we're not capable of doing that. And it starts ingraining that habit and pattern. So the way to turn that is to have those items on your card. And as you cross them off, you've crossed something off your list. Like that's an accomplishment. That's a big deal. And so you're training your brain that you will do the things that you say you are going to do for yourself. Because so many of us, I can tell you, I can tell you all day that, yeah, I'm going to do this and I'm accountable to you and it may be able to help you with something. But then if it comes to me, I'll probably put your, your stuff before my own. And if that's the case, I've been training myself that everyone else goes first. And I've been training myself that my stuff isn't as important. And that I've been training myself that if I say I'm going to do something, I can get let off the hook. And using the routine card does the opposite of all that and teaches you that you can progress, teaches you that you can cross stuff off, teaches you that you are keeping your word to yourself. And when you can do that, you can feel qualified. And when you feel qualified, you can feel confident. And when you feel confident, you can feel capable. And those all coming together can help you up level your life and whatever you're going to achieve. I did have a quick question. Do you recommend that this uh, list is handwritten instead of you seeing like a reminder app? Because I, I found that in some occasions at night, I, I, you know, I forgot to look at it throughout the day and then forget it. I feel guilty all night, all day, because I had a bunch of things that I needed to do and completely forgot because I didn't even bother to check the phone. Yeah. So I carry around a little three by five note card. You can get a set of 100 for like 89 cents at Walmart. And <laughs> as old school as that is, it makes a world of difference because I've tried it on my phone and I get it. Like, we're in a very digital age, but that's one more thing we have to now remember to check. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I think there's something to be said, like, have you ever had a checklist in your brain and you're like, okay, I need to do X, Y, and Z today. And, but you're, you spend so much energy trying to remember all the things that you need to do that it starts to feel overwhelming. And then you get like one done and you're like, I just can't do the rest. Like I'm, I don't have the energy to do it. I don't have, I just can't do it. It's overwhelming. But then if you write those things on a list and you're like, okay, this is what I need to do today. Suddenly you're not wasting and I shouldn't say wasting, but you're not spending all of your energy keeping that list in your head and trying to remind yourself of all the things you need to do and not forgetting it. It's on a piece of paper and you can look at that piece of paper and go, wow. And this has totally happened to me where I've had a list on like mental list on a Saturday and done one thing and just gotten so overwhelmed taken that same list, 
written it out on a Sunday. So this is what I have to do today because I didn't do it yesterday and put it out on this list. This is prior to routine cards. And then I'm like, holy cow, those now that I have this all in front of me and I'm not trying to remember them all in my brain, literally that would take me an hour to complete all of them. But because I didn't have it written out, it just felt so chaotic in my brain and so overwhelming and such an energy drain. And I do think it's the same when we put it into our phones. Sure, we've gotten it out of our brain, but now we're spending our time trying to remember, I got to go back and check that list. I got to, I'm answering this email. I've got to get on this notification on Facebook or Instagram. I need to listen to this. I need to do this. And then, oh yeah, there's that list I need to check. Like even, even in saying that to you here, I'm like, man, I, I don't like that. I don't like feeling that anxiety and that overwhelm. So I do highly recommend, like I said, it's as simple as a three by five card and just writing it out. And that's part of the not doing more than seven things in that morning or that, that afternoon or that evening routine for you. Because if you do more than seven, then it feels overwhelming. But seven is, is doable. A list of seven is like, I can accomplish that. And like I said, I don't necessarily recommend starting out with seven. I would do three to five and then eventually build up, but never go past seven because the whole point of this is to be organized, to feel accomplished, to feel capable and qualified, to build your confidence and to, to get stuff done, right? So long story short, I know that was like the tangent answer, but yes, no, that's please perfect. write it on a card. <laughs> that's perfect because that's been happening to me lately and that's why I brought in my personal story of me feeling guilty. And I think a combination of that is um, that I would put too much in my list and then it was just in my phone and it was just and it was like hidden in this like reminders app and then I would put um, the alarm in the reminder app and because I thought okay you know the night before I'm gonna get this done at like 9 a.m or 8 a.m or, or whatever time and for some reason I ended up doing something else because again I have ADHD so I wake up thinking one thing and they end up doing the other thing and that's you know being in mm -hmm. my head is kind of crazy but um I really, I was thinking about it lately and I was like, I should really just write it on paper and just have a couple of things and put it in my wallet and just keep it with me all day and just have it there because in my phone, I even felt, that sounds crazy, but I even felt overwhelmed just thinking that I have to check my phone to check the list. Mm -hmm, exactly. I felt overwhelmed just thinking about that. Just like, okay, I have to unlock my phone. I have to go through here and then I have to prioritize this. I'm like, no, this is not going to happen. So, but I have noticed when, when I write them in, in paper, the dates that I actually do, um, it works out so much better. And I never really, I never realized that until this conversation, which is funny enough. Well, and the thing is, is, is you don't. It's so often that it's like, yeah, write that down. You hear that your whole life. Like, make sure you write down your goals. Make sure you write that down. Write this down. Take notes. But we don't really ever ask why. Why should I write that down? Why should I take note of that? Why should I do this? And so it's like, you've heard it. And then in today's technology age, it's like, well, yeah, I'll just write down on my phone. But knowing the why behind it, at least how it functions for me and, and for my mentoring clients, it's a big difference to be like, wow, I never thought of it this way. And I got to try it because it can, it sounds like it can make such a big difference. And it, and it does. I would love to hear your thoughts after you've done it for a while and see how you, how you like it and what you think. Definitely, uh, I'm going to share them because I've been trying to build a good morning routine, at least uh, having a few things that I need to do, whether it is I really want to commit to doing meditation every day and be consistent, 
or go to my Muay Thai class or go to the gym, a few things before I kick off my day. Because once I start my job, I work in tech, if there is a fire during the afternoon, uh, that takes priority over anything else I could possibly do have in my to-do list that is perhaps something personal that I needed to do. Yep. And for me, I do... I have my morning routine, which is pretty set in what those things are. I have my evening routine, which is pretty set in what those things are. And then my day routine is totally like my day list is totally flexible on what I need to do. And I actually have a running work to do list. And so it's like, I'll just have three work items and then I'll have like work out, make dinner. And so my, my midday is minimal because I'm like, I have a whole bunch of stuff at work that I know I need to focus on. But priority for me is I need I need to eat dinner and I need to work out. Mm-hmm, exactly. So yeah, I, I totally get you there. It's, it's definitely worth definitely worth trying. It's, it's been a game changer in my own life. And I totally get like fires at work, which is why I don't I don't put a lot of emphasis in the in the morning or not the morning in the middle column, which is the day column for that exact reason, because stuff happens. And you don't want to add to the guilt. The whole point of this is to cross things off and feel accomplished. Exactly. At least we're on the same page with that, for sure. <laughs> um, with everything you've learned through this whole journey of uh, personal growth and then having your business to help others as well, if you could give others one piece of advice from everything you've, you've learned, even from mentoring someone to what maybe you've read or courses you've taken to build that business, what would be that one piece of advice? I would say that it's to to question your emotions. Because if I hadn't questioned why I was always angry and if I hadn't pulled back that blanket and looked at the underlying emotions, I never would have been able to change my life and I never would have been able to have to, to quote my own, my own show here, uh, I would have never been able to have happiness abound in my life because I wouldn't have had the emotional awareness and the eventual emotional intelligence to help me get there. And I think that that is crucial. And I, I see that time and time again in my clients that they, they're aware enough to say, I have a problem and, or I want this goal and I need help getting there. Will you help me? But then we dive into the emotional side and it's, it is pulling back that blanket and being like, okay, let's really talk about what's, what's happening here. What's holding you back. And once we get through that and we equip them with the tools to have emotional awareness and be able to let go of negative emotions and really focus on that, everything else catalysts, everything else takes off in such a positive direction and it's really transformational and life-changing. But that is a key, fundamental, foundational step. And I agree with you. And I like that you wrapped up with that final thought um, on that piece of advice because it's something that I learned myself in this conversation. It's just to listen a little bit more and um, with, to, with myself, right? Just to um, understand my emotions and where they're coming from to kind of be a better and happier person tomorrow. I completely agree with that. I love that. Great. Well, again, thank you so much for joining me today. I think this was uh, a great conversation. We, I think we covered so much. 
And I, I really think the listeners are really going to enjoy this. So thank you so much for being part of it. Thank you. I am like I said this at the first, but I'm so honored and delighted to have this chat with you. And it's been a blast. And I really appreciate the opportunity to, to talk about happiness. That's a wrap for episode two. I hope you guys really enjoyed it. So for now, peace out, work hard, and see you next time. <laughs>